You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Elisa Author. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. I started out as an academic, pursued a PhD in modern contemporary art. Um, And my dissertation research became the basis of my first book, which focused on uh, the hierarchy of art and craft in American art. And I looked specifically at um, artists in the late 60s and 70s across the art world using the medium of fiber for the first time in ways that began to push against the boundaries that we um, know of as, you know, art and craft, and sometimes even art, craft, and design. So there were feminist artists who were involved in that. Uh, process of dismantling that those boundaries or deflating them. There were artists associated with the post-minimalist and process movement, such as Ava Hess and Robert Morris, and then there was a large number of artists who began as weavers and then uh, attempted to remake themselves as sculptors using fiber as a primary medium. And they were all working with these materials in very different ways and with different intentions, but collectively they created a, like the art world that we're in today, where you have artists who move much more comfortably between art and craft, especially when it comes to textiles, which have really sort of exploded on the scene in the past, um, I would say, 10 years, but definitely in the past five years. You know, you've seen amazing contemporary work in fiber, and it's, not, it, it, it's really not seen um, within that world anymore as like a lesser medium to work with. When you have a discipline that's organized around activist art that's object-based and has a message, um, it's directed in a way to look at work or practices that are about transforming the self, which is, was also very prominent um, mm-hmm. in these cir- countercultural circles, that can look apolitical, right, mm-hmm. or not serious. But for these artists, transforming the self needed to happen so there's like a consciousness raising that has to happen and then um, that creates the basis for moving into politics in lots of different directions but um, it's easy I think it's just been easy to dismiss that as as um, uh, like some kind of cultural lunacy or not serious um, not political enough right because it doesn't look like real politics in quotes Um, but like that transformation of the self and what could come from that uh, was really front and central for um, a lot of these artists uh, working um, in the counterculture, either through uh, craft and the handmade or um, a lifestyle choice that's been, that's been made to, to um, like reduce the division between your work and your life. Um, all of those things matter to them a lot. As much as I like love the academic world and I've been successful there and I, I enjoy the uh, sort of esoteric nature of that sort of research, 
I also like very comfortable as a populist. And I like yes. popular feminism too. I do think it's like a really important point of entry mm-hmm. for um, most people, men and women, um, to get involved. And uh, that was sort of a good working out of it. Like what could it look like, you know, in a live format? especially when it comes to artists. Like, of course, I also do a ton of research and keep, like every curator, you keep like a Rolodex in your head of like, oh yeah, I that's interesting work. Someday I'll figure out where I'm gonna put mm-hmm. that or what exhibition I'm gonna use it for. So mm-hmm. there's that version of it. Mm-hmm. And then once you call up those names, mm-hmm. a good example would be the show with Marion Shapiro. So I had nine contemporary artists and I started thinking about like, oh yeah, I'm interested in that person, that person, that person, oh, I saw that person's work two years ago, that will work great. Then you start reaching out to them and kind of cultivating a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's true, it always requires, at least an exhibition like that, when you're gonna use the word decorative in the title, mm-hmm. you're, there's gonna have to be a conversation about that because mm-hmm. any artist is gonna have to, or is gonna wonder, like, do I want my work associated? What is the point of that term? Um, how is it being positioned and how am I going to be positioned like in relation to that? So these were artists who I knew already were um, interested in, in that term and in the way it marginalizes art and they themselves I think had um, strong feelings uh, or, or identification with like materials and practices that historically were marginalized in the first place, right? So. Um, we talked a lot about that, and it didn't end up having. There, I didn't need to like uh, cultivate any of them really. They are on board from the beginning, but it, those conversations I think were inspiring um, and uh, led to like a reinvestment for for many of them, like in their work in, with around those terms like craft and and decoration. So that can happen. Once in a while you find an artist um, who's talking about his or her work, it could be Ava Hess, it could be Robert Morris, um, uh, I'm trying to think of other big modernists of the time, where they will use it like, the last thing I want to do is create something decorative. So it was a term that people, the, the artists of that generation were very familiar with and mm-hmm. did see it as like anathema. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have this really fascinating recuperation of the term. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, in the, the early feminist work of the the, the 1970s, where they know it's a they know that it, it's associations with femininity and it's the way it's used to dismiss um, uh, a wide range of creative activity as not art, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that happens to be things that women produced and still mm-hmm. do. So for them, it, that recuperation has a political, you know, it's a form of, of activism and it's a way they're going to intervene in the history of art and these hierarchies. 
Um, they also know that these hierarchies um, that we think of as between like art and craft or decoration, they just mirror broader social hierarchies of gender and race, right? Even mm -hmm. outside of the art world. So they're looking to, to put it all together, to see it as this, this system or this structure that needs to be dismantled or at least deflated in some way, make it visible as like an ideological um, position. So that's, that's where it becomes really interesting, this term. And, and now um, you fi I find the term used in this political way all the time. And I'm not sure, I think a lot of, a lot of artists who do that understand its, its roots and origins in, in like feminist art um, of the 1970s. But not always, it's, that's interesting. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.